Hi guys, welcome to Portal the Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. I'm so excited to take you on a journey with my guests this season through their stories of healing, parenting, relationships, and pregnancy and birth. Not only are we going to start to understand what trauma is and how to heal, but we're also going to understand how people are healing within the context of parenting to make sure that they're not passing trauma down to their children. We're also going to look at one of my favorite topics, natural pregnancy and birth, and understanding our relationships and how to be in a healthy one. So I can't wait to take you guys into this portal with me, where we can learn about ourselves and feel both seen and inspired by other people's stories. I'm so passionate about making our lives better, so let's go. On today's episode, I have Dee here with me. She's on Instagram as Dee Zabara, and she's one of my best friends. She is the go-to girl for all things hormone-related, so periods, fertility, understanding how your hormones affect your body, and she makes things super, super easy to understand. We caught up today because I love the spiritual side of things, and Dee is amazing at explaining the science and the biochemical side of things. So when it comes to our periods, we can understand that there's a certain energy or that there's a certain spiritual thing about it. Our periods are what connect us to the earth, right? We're synced with the moon in these monthly cycles. So now we can understand how each phase of our period, so every week we sort of have a new phase. And when we understand these, we can actually figure out how to best use our energy to our advantage for long-term health and to get the most out of life. So hopefully, even though this is a quick one, you'll get plenty of takeaways from it. Okay, so welcome my hormone queen, Dee, my best friend, my soulmate, (laughs) my parenting, my co-parenter, all the many, many things in my life. I really want to pick your brain today. Actually, guys, there's going to be a few episodes with Dee because we can just talk about so many different things. But today, I just want to talk about periods because you're a period queen, hormone queen. I feel like you know your shit. So I want to talk about, I guess, the more spiritual side of periods. And I feel like you just know the science behind it. Yeah. And we can mesh together really well on this because I view it as every month as women, we have this opportunity to see this pattern for what's coming up for us. And we have an opportunity to work with our energy levels and understand mm. all these different phases of our cycle. Yeah. So I don't know if there's something that you want to kick off with mm. with your words of wisdom around this. I think it's good that you, that we're looking at like a different side to periods. Cause like, as far as I talk to people and educate people, it's always like, the biochemical side of things. And yes, you know, in my program, there is a, an emotional component to it and like a bit of a mindset and resilience building, um, like practice to it. But then to have the like metaphysical, spiritual side of it is something that I feel like a lot of, you know, a lot of people, even in this space, they, they don't connect the two. They're either really good at one or really good at the other. So that's why I'm really so pumped for this conversation especially because I feel like I'm going to learn some things and also be able to connect things and go, oh, okay, you know, you're going to be like, this is the esoteric, like, you know, piece or reason that happens. It's like, oh, okay, biochemically that makes so much sense. So that's what I'm excited for. And I think with periods as well, like you said, every month's an opportunity and it's like we get multiple opportunities and instead of people seeing their period as a burden, to be able to see it as an opportunity, I think is a mindset shift and a perspective shift in itself, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and something to really celebrate because we are so fucking cool as women. Like this is your power and something that you can work with. It's not something that happens to you and you're like, oh, how annoying again this month. It's like, no, this is like your tie to nature. This is your tie to like 
reproducing. Like this is yeah. tied to everything in your life. So it's really, really cool. Um, and I know especially when we bleed, it's really an opportunity to, to close off in mm. a way and something that especially around people that, you know, might violate our boundaries or um, take our energy in a certain way that like that's the time to close off. That's why we don't feel like doing stuff. Yeah. So I feel like we should talk about um, the different phases. Maybe I'll talk about one phase and then you can tell me. Yes, sure. Sciencey that way. So I'm going to start with the menstruation phase. So that's our high priestess. So your day is one to five, roughly. That's when you're, in, you're intuitive. You can actually see the truth in things and feel the truth. You're very receptive. You're very open. That portal, that whole womb, that's open, right? Mm. Um, that's your body, the earth, the stars, the planets, all completely open. So what do you see happen in like a biochemical way? Yeah, so before I go into that, what's interesting about that, it's like the bridge between it before I go into like specifically biochemically is like obviously in your menstrual phase, because it's mostly four phases or we tend to segment them in four ways. Your menstrual phase, menstrual phase is obviously when you're bleeding. And it's what I find, like I think just instinctively and naturally women turn into themselves because when we get to talk about the other phases, that's when we sort of turn out. And so when we turn in and we're talking about the portal to ourselves, that's when it's different. And that's what we're noticing. Um, it's the time that we get, yeah, we turn inward. So we look to ourselves and we tend to not do that a lot in society. So it's very interesting that at this time is often when we feel the most mismatched in terms of what's going on biochemically, how we... I shouldn't, I shouldn't say should, but how we can, I guess, most align with physically what's going on with us because we're shedding an organ that we've just built. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a release as well. Like it's actually a physical shedding. Um, biochemically, our two sides of our brains talk to each other the most as well. Um, so we actually have really good opportunity for evaluation and reflection as well, like biochemically with our brain. Um, our hormone levels all drop as well. So our progesterone drops, our estrogen drops, like that's what has to happen in order for us to have a period. So if you have high levels of things, you might find that you might be bleeding, but it's not an actual true bleed like or you might not bleed at all. Yeah. Or yeah. like spotting. Yeah. Um, so there's different types of bleeding and the, the one that we're talking about, I guess, is like the kind of bleed that happens around about once a month and it's between three to five weeks. If you're anything less than three weeks or anything more than five weeks, that's considered an irregular cycle. So sometimes even if you're bleeding, that just might be because you have really heightened levels of typically estrogen that your body can't get rid of. And so you're just kind of, your body's just kind of flushing. So it's spotting, but some people's, you know, like it's heavy and it's strong and it sort of won't stop. Um, but it's, yeah, all your hormone levels, if, they're, if it's a natural, you know, there's no hormonal contraceptive involved, then what happens is your hormone levels drop and that's what allows you to have a period. So, you, yeah, so you have this like low level of hormones uh, as well. Yeah. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense because even me, when I had irregular periods, on the day that I would be due to have my period, I would spot or something and then yeah. nothing and then I would get my period at a later date right. outside of that five-week window. But I think to look at periods in a, in a more spiritual sense, mm. 
It actually does make sense if even if you look at your type of bleed. So if you keep on bleeding, like if you're bleeding for too long, to me, that's a sign of like, oh, what are your boundaries like? Mm. Right. You know, looking at like leaky boundaries, leaky fluids, like what are you not stopping? Like, where's the found like the, the wall here and the boundary? Yeah. Um, or maybe if you're not bleeding at all, it's like, so what are you taking on from everyone? Like, What are you holding on to that you can't let go of now? That's interesting because I usually say, what are, what are people not letting go of when they can't let go of weight? Yeah. That's a massive, massive connection. So that's interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. So in the sense as well, boundaries can't be contained. So our fluids can't be contained. Then I guess the next phase after this bleed is the follicular phase. So days five to 14. If again, we're looking at the spiritual side, it is the magician. So we have like during our bleed, we got all these tools that we needed and now we have all this wisdom and we need to put all this knowledge into action. So we have all the tools and now we need to know how to use them. Does that sort of apply? What do you see happen in the follicular phase? It's interesting because like in the follicular phase is the time when you want to try new things. It's also in some studies where women have the best ability to form new words as well. Um, because what's happening at that time is your estrogen is starting to rise. And it tends to be by the time you're in this, the phase after this one, because you're kind of building to this next phase, that's when you're least like a man. So least like a man in terms of your hormones, but actually energetically, you're, you're matching society's standards of like the kind of go, go, go. So you're sort of, you're starting to actually build energy. You're productive. Yeah. Um, you're starting to build that strength. So you're actually, you're actually better able to build strength in the follicular phase. So just after you finish bleeding, that's when if you want to do, you know, a, a personal best with, you know, some, you know, a deadlift or something like that, you, your body actually will build muscle quickly and um, you really are your strongest at that time. It's a time where you can push. So sometimes, you know, we look at when can you flow and when can you push. You can actually physically push your body more in that phase. Um, but yeah, your estrogen is starting to rise. You, you like to do new things. So you're kind of very, you're starting to turn from inward to outward. So you're like, oh, what's new? What's, what's something I can explore that's different? This reminds me of when you have a good cry. <laughs> and then yeah. you get it all out and then you're like, and I'm ready to continue my day. Yeah, now. exactly. Exactly. It's like the bleed and then you're like, okay. It's all out. Yeah. All right. So after that, then we have the ovulation phase. So usually days 15 or 16. This is the empress. So this is really like, think of yourself in your power. You're receptive. You're just sitting back and looking at the seeds that you've planted. It's like a vision that's, you know, just waiting to come into fruition, being very receptive. You've laid the foundation for this new thing. And now, you know, it's like the egg comes out and it doesn't go looking for the sperm. It just waits for the sperm to come to it. You just mm. sit back, soak it in and be open to that receiving. Yeah. It's interesting because it's at that time, you're actually very cued into other people's emotions. So again, this is in the research where you're able to pick up when people are fearful, when people are happy. So it's like your emotional IQ actually increases. There is some relationship with higher estrogen and the function of your amygdala, which is like your emotional part of your brain. So it makes sense that that's what's happening as you're in the peak of your estrogen. So your estrogen sort of peaks just before you ovulate. It's kind of the cue for you to start to ovulate. And then obviously, yeah, you're kind of waiting for people to come to you. But interestingly, you're also very social. 
So you want to be in crowds, you want to go out, you want to go for a dance, like you don't want to sit at home and be a homebody, that, you want to meet new people. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, it's really interesting to see how that like reflects and, and is different. And you also have more sex drive at this time usually because your body is wants to get fertilized wants to, <laughs> wants to put a baby in there not that you you might not necessarily yourself want to have a baby at the time but like evolutionary speaking biochemically your body is going oh now's the time and so we actually see a little bit of a bump in testosterone a little bit of an increase in testosterone just before you ovulate which kind of boosts that little bit of sex drive as well puts you on that go mm. I that actually made me think I wonder if that's like a feature that makes us better parents like that ability to read people and their moods and stuff better yeah it's like such a skill that you need when you have like a baby and a child in yeah. front of you they're like I could just gotta keep in touch all the time and yeah like be well, well the, from what I've read and I'm sure it would be the amygdala but your hippocampus uh, responsible for memory shrinks a little bit and your amygdala actually enlargens or increases a little bit when you're pregnant because you have less space for memory which boy do we know as new moms and and as moms and more room for love so i would think that would be a permanent change yeah that's actually so interesting in a trauma sense the hippocampus is like your filing cabinet it's what puts the memories where they need to go Mm. and processes them the amygdala is what stores everything that's ever Mm. happened to you so that actually makes sense why women are more vulnerable to being traumatized while they're pregnant because of the amygdala that's where all the trauma gets stored and if that's bigger then that would make a lot of sense why we're so can be so affected by things when we're pregnant does it also is the reverse also true where trauma itself can do that can have those brain changes as well yep so traumatized people right their brain is actually completely different so their left brain and right brain struggle to speak to each other that's why you see people as adults they're behaving like little kids or they have the emotional capacity of a little kid because their left logic brain and their right emotional brain isn't like they're not communicating with each other they're just one at a time which is interesting because if we go back to periods that's your self-reflection so it's like they have no self-awareness they're not able to evaluate how you know what am i thinking and do i want to change that about myself like they can't they don't have that capacity by the sounds of things yeah super interesting yeah it is fucking mind-blowing I actually I go over that whole thing in the workshop which is yeah. like this part does this that part does that when you experience trauma this is how your brain ends mm. up functioning so it's really really can you cool. imagine like how many people are walking around with such enlarged amygdalas because it is so and they're so fear-based and res- like responsive and yeah just reactive sensitive yeah 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 that is what happens mm. and you're not ever participating in life you're just like react 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 mm. and there's no yeah, no sort of links or ties to that reflective part of your brain. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. So after that, then we have the luteal phase. So day 17 to however long your mm-hmm. cycle is individually, that's the hermit phase. So that's when we tend to start to go back in before we come back to menstruation, taking time for yourself. Um, you can get a lot done in this phase, actually, especially with internal shifting and deep internal like self-discovery. Mm. Um, your capacity for growth and reflection is at an all-time high and we can look at what in this phase it's actually a good time to look at what have I done in this cycle what have I achieved what am I not okay with what's not aligned it's really this hermit phase is about finding this deep alignment Mm. and then starting this new cycle in the next phase that's interesting because it's like it's also a time where you can work 
I guess if you are identifying what you need to work on, it is the time to work. So for me, I know it's not a time to, you know, go and do lots of meetings. It's a time to get through all of the to-dos that I have on my to-do list and just be in my own little bubble, literally like a hermit and just get through my shit that I need to get done. So that's actually really interesting because I think kind of like emotionally, that's what we start to do anyway. So this is where you're starting to turn back in, um, which I guess you sort of just highlighted there. At that time, I feel like the, the luteal phase, which is a few days after you've ovulated until you actually start like your true bleed, I feel like it can be so different because there's two camps of people. Yeah, two camps of, of, of women. There's women who have hormonal balance and then there's women who have hormonal imbalance because what's meant to happen at that time is you're meant to be the most calm, the most chill, the most... It, it, everything happens for a reason. Let's just get these things done. Not in a way that's, you know, you're overexerting yourself or you're sort of stressing yourself out. You're not, you're not stretching yourself or pushing your boundaries here. You're just, you're just ticking things off the to-do list. So it's, it's different, but because there's some people who have hormonal imbalance and then there's some people who have hormonal balance, the luteal phase can look very different for people. So if you find that in your luteal phase, you're very erratic, emotional, um, irrational, quick to react, quick to anger, very sad, anxious, all those kinds of things, you can pretty much be sure that you have hormonal imbalance, even if you have a very regular predictable cycle. So this is where it's different, right? People think, oh, if my period is more than five weeks, then I have, uh, then, so they basically think if I'm between three and five weeks, I don't have hormonal imbalance. No, that just means you have a regular period but you can also have hormonal imbalance. And so for people who have the progesterone, progesterone can talk to GABA in your brain, which is like our like anti-anxiety hormone, basically. And the thing is, is that stress, more stress in your life, more emotional stress actually makes you have less progesterone. So then you have less GABA being like, you know, working in your body. So it's like a terrible, um, it's a terrible like sort of downward spiral almost, unless you know sort of how to fix it. Um, but then, yeah, if you don't have the progesterone there, that's when you're pretty much going to feel that really like, you know, you're going to have PMS. And, the, you know, I always redefine PMS as progesterone missing syndrome because it's like any of those PMS symptoms, you know, oh, you're so hormonal or I'm breaking out, um, you know, I have bloating, I whatever, all those symptoms that let you know your period's coming and make you feel different in a negative way, that you can be pretty sure that you have lower progesterone and it's not high enough to counteract your estrogen. So it needs to be high. And it can only be high if you've been looking after yourself for the 100 days in the lead up to the egg that's just popped off because the casing that that egg is released from is where you get your progesterone. So unless you've been looking after yourself for the sort of three months prior you're probably not going to have a lot of progesterone. And I always say your period today is a reflection of what happened about three months ago. So it is really interesting that people can experience the luteal phase very differently. Yeah, that is interesting as well. Because if you look at preconception work, it's really recommended. It's like the egg that you're going to have your baby with started three months ago, mm. 90 days ago. Mm. For men, I think it's every seven weeks their sperm regenerates. Mm. But that's really good to know. Another thing that came to my mind while you were just speaking is that as a society, we have such a poor relationship with pain. A lot of people go, I have period pain. The doctor will say, here's the pill. Mm. But pain is such a valuable teacher. And yeah. we have a terrible, like, oh, like we just want to 
blank it out, suppress it, ignore it, but it really does. And even those things like PMS symptoms or feeling frustrated about things, that whole realignment phase, that pain is trying to tell you like where to move, what mm. to change, like what boundaries to set, what to reflect on. Um, I think because we live in a society of comfort, you know, it's like we're always looking for how can we make it more comfortable? How can we make it more like, you know, enjoyable? And yes, that's a good aspect, but you're right. It's like I never take painkillers when I'm in pain because I want to know the pain is there to tell me to stop. That's my boundary. Pain's there saying, look at me, look at me. Exactly. So if I I stamp it out and I go do something that my body wasn't prepared for, I'm probably going to make things worse. So I think it's really an interesting point that you bring up because it's like, it's your, your your pain is your body's way to speak to you. Your body can't talk to you, so it's going to show you symptoms. And pain is a great symptom. And usually, it's just inflammation. There's some kind of inflammation there. There's there's something there that's not working quite right. And it's it's a sign to us to go, hey, listen, do some research, ask someone, and then make a different choice or a consistently different choice. Yeah, the way I look at that, either physical or emotional, because I think our mind body connection how we see that as a society is very messed up in my opinion, but um, it's like your body's been holding something and it's going like, Hey, this really hurts. I've been holding this for a long time. Mm. We've got to do something. We've got to move it. Yeah. Like we've got to get rid of it. And that's it. Pain is loud. <laughs> like it's there to get our attention. And we're just like, Oh, how can I like make this go away? I don't want to hear what you have to say. That gets really frustrating for the body <laughs> for ourselves. And it just makes whole cascade of problems so much worse so actually I feel like our period every month is a chance to sort of like sit back in and say what do I need how do I feel Um, how can I shift this or change this and I think it repairs our relationship with our intuition again Mm. because you start to listen to yourself and start to do something about it Um, when we've been taught for so long to keep ignoring that to be productive to keep pushing forward because that's what's valued in our current society and how we've been conditioned and how we've grown up our whole lives so Thank you. I feel like it's really cool for people to understand these different phases and maybe you just have some takeaways or even just tips for people to be like week one, week two, week three, week four. This is what you can do. Do you mean physically? Yeah. Or like just things that you can focus on or just know like, do you know what? Week one, take it slow. Yeah. Week two. Well, this is the thing. I normally put, I normally group them into first half, second half because energetically they are more similar yeah as first half second half but energetically luteal phase and menstrual phase which is week four and week one those are the most energetically aligned and then week two and three are the most energetically aligned so the way that i would treat hormonal imbalance would be to group them together in that way so what i would say to make it just so easy is after you bleed until a couple of days after you ovulate, that's your first half. And in that time, you can push a little bit. You can push a little bit, go have the meetings, go do new stuff, get excited, get inspired by other people. Like do the HIIT workouts. Yeah, yeah. And, and also eat more raw food. Like your body is actually optimized to, it doesn't need as much support at that time. You can, like I said, you can push it a little bit further. But this is the thing. Usually people are really good at that. They're really good at pushing their body. So it's usually the second half they have trouble with, which I feel like is more a feminine energy where you're turning inward, you're being more, you're just present. You're not like doing, doing, going, going, going. That said, I know I still mentioned that in the luteal phase, you can still get a lot of work done, but it's not, like I said, it's not overstretching you. It's inner work. Too. It's, it's inner work. That's, that's so true. That's so true. And it's stuff for you, not stuff for other people, you know? 
Um, and so in that second half, I would say, listen more to your body, slow down, like physically slow down the way you chew your meals, slow that down, cook your meals so that it's easier for your body to sort of break apart. Just give your body all the support that it needs. And if you want to eat more at that time, and if you have progesterone there, so you do have hormonal balance, you will want to eat a little bit more at that time. And your body's primed to do that. So feed your body those nutrients. This is like the nourishing part of it. Fill yourself up with those good nutrients. You know, eat foods that are going to fare well for you for the next, like the other half, the first half of your um, cycle when you're kind of going again. Because you're always in this, like, you're always kind of bouncing between these two continuums. So you're kind of going really hard and fast and, and like it's exciting and it's, it's energetic. And then you're switching back into that, you know, slow it down, recover, recuperate, nourish your body and then go back to the other. So you're just swinging from side to side, you know. Yeah, I look at that like a workout just over the span of a month. You're training hard and then you're resting and recovering. Yeah. You're training hard, you're resting and recovering. But you can do a lot of like active recovery in the second half. So you can do lots of walking, you know, lots of Pilates. So it can still be strength training, but you're not, it's not as intense yeah, so it might be it might look like higher reps as opposed to less reps with heavier weights. So you might just drop the weight down. And you're doing higher reps, but you're still, yeah. It's a, it's very much about going inward, and I think practices like yoga and Pilates are typically more inwards. You know, yeah. yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. I feel like this is such a great way for women just to start to even reconnect to their bodies, reconnect to their femininity, and balance their like feminine and masculine energies. So thank you so much. My pleasure. I feel like I learned stuff too. That's great. <laughs> no Thanks doubt. for having me. <laughs>